Hello and welcome to When Wrestlers Act. I'm John Cronshaw and I'm joined once again by Colin. How you doing, Colin? Hello, John. We've just watched series four, episode 21 of The A-Team. This was an episode called The Trouble with Harry. <laughs> and it starred the Hulkster. As himself. As the wrestling world heavyweight champion. That's his role. <laughs> Did you know, Colin? Interesting fact. He was 32 when this was made. Yeah, he's been 32 for the past um, 66 years. Jesus, he did not look 32. I look several decades younger than Hogan did in that episode of the A-Team. I thought you were going to say that you look 32. I was just going to tell you not to kid yourself. Yeah, I look at least 33 now. Age is getting to me. It is. So this was an interesting one, I'll be honest. I was a bit confused when it started, because it started in the 1950s, in black and white. Did you get confused by this? Did you think, oh, why is the A-Team in black and white? No, no, I saw it as a flashback. It said Chicago 59, so I knew it was a flashback and they were being artsy. Well, obviously, when you look at the past, then it's always in black and white, so... It was in those days. So I don't think they actually invented colour until The Wizard of Oz came out, so... Wasn't that before 59? Yeah, I know the timelines don't match and it doesn't make much sense <laughs> and there's not really much point to doing it, but it was the past, so that was good. We had a guy called Harry who was a fighter getting intimidated by Richie. And Richie's brother. What, Noodles? Noodles. <laughs> <laughs> the scary named Noodles. Noodles. Well... You know, Harry, he don't know the score. That's all I can say, because that's what they said to him. You don't know the score. This is true. So it's basically they're they're wanting him to throw a fight, and he refuses, and then they get into a bit of a schmaz. You know, though, John, that this here is the direct influence for Quentin Tarantino in Pulp Fiction with Bruce Willis's character. Yes, it did remind me of that a lot. It really did. And I'm not just saying that. I think you're saying that because you're racist and just because there was a... Um, just because they're both white. Yeah, just because there was a, a big black fellow who was after money. Well, <laughs> after after a, a briefcase that may or may not have someone's soul in. <laughs> I think that was it, yeah. And there was like the Umitherma bit with the feet, that was a... Yeah. Um, yep. and, and Hannibal talking about Royal with cheese and... And it had, um, it had that bit with um, BA doing a Bible quote as well. Yeah. Before um, punching someone in the face. <laughs> so we get the mobsters in the present and they're after Harry. So the present is the mid-1980s, not the year 2019, which in our past experience has been represented as a really terrible dystopian future where everything's messed up. And Sorry, that's the news. Um, <laughs> this, <laughs> what is it? Harry... He's in hiding because some goons are after him. And his kid, he's, I don't know, he, he gets beaten up. Who, Jeffrey? Jeffrey. The kid, he doesn't get named until later. We don't know who he is. He's just yeah. a kid who can't act. He, Yeah, I, I, I wrote that here. He's fucking terrible. <laughs> he is every 80s child actor, but I think he was probably about 20. Yeah, he was terrible acting. And I think what made it worse was he appeared in scenes with BA mm. and so when Mr T was acting and Jeffrey was acting I say acting but what, what they were really doing was just reciting lines as if nobody else was there because there was no connection, no chemistry 
It was hardly Alan Rickman and Bruce Willis in Die Hard. No, it certainly wasn't anything <laughs> anything like that. So, yeah. Or what's his name? The boxer guy from Pulp Fiction, wherever he's called. Bruce Summer. For, for so? No, I don't know. Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, Bruce Springsteen, that's the one, yeah. So we have a thing, and there's references to Hulkster getting into Hollywood and his amazing <laughs> script and all this stuff. And so this is where Hulk Hogan turns up to the youth centre. Now, this is good. I like this. In the other A-team with Hulk Hogan in, that was an episode about saving a youth centre. There's always a youth centre involved. Yes, I liked it. I think there's a reference to the youth centre. So that's good. And Hogan turns up mobbed by kids. The kids love him. He's like a Michael Jackson Gary Glitter kind of character really likes spending time with children likes having them around I'm sure that that kind of thing wouldn't cause him trouble why would it? that's what I'm saying I'm just saying I'm sure that spending a lot of time with kids around you hanging around youth centres as a 32 year old man maybe he's not maybe he's in his 50s pretending to be in his 30s I don't know but have you ever wondered what would have happened um, if Biker Grove had carried, carried on and Jeff in the youth centre. you yeah. <laughs> Oh no! PJ's playing! <laughs> it's like now he saw everything, mate. He saw everything. <laughs> You're going to hell. Uh, yeah. So it's the Angel of the North calling. Angel of the North. Mm. BA goes, Oh, why were you beating up? Referring to Jeffrey, who's also at the youth centre when Hulk. Oh, he's been sleeping rough there, hasn't he? And he he looks terrible. This is where we go, well, my mum's dead. And my dad, all he ever sees is the bottom of a bottle because he drinks a lot. So it's like, yay, we've got his background already. He's dead mum. Father's an alcoholic. Did you hear the music when Hulk Hogan turned up? I did not recall. I don't know what it would be. I think it's probably called something like the leg of the tiger or... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the eye of the giraffe or something it was like a bit like eye of the tiger it was close enough but it wasn't quite there so, Hulk Hogan also said all right a lot I don't know if you saw that yes I did notice that <laughs> and I'll tell you what else he said a lot is we can take the limo all right all right now then now then <laughs> just saying just saying similar kind of I'm not suggesting that but you know guy with long light hair <laughs> Spends a lot of time with children. Hangs around with someone who smokes cigars. Did you think, watching this, that Hannibal looks like latter-day Eric Bischoff? Or is that just me? I can see what you mean. (laughs) I I noticed that he was always wearing gloves as well. Gloves and a big cigar. And I actually Googled um, Hannibal Smith's gloves whilst I was um, watching this. And I came across an A-team forum and some woman wrote on there, does anyone else have a thing with uh, for Hangable with his gloves on? Did they say no? <laughs> there was No, there's a lot of people quite positive about it. Wow. Jeffrey, he goes off on his bike and Hannibal's suspicious. And what, what do you do if you see a kid going off? You, go, oh, you follow him in a limo. Let's follow him in a fucking limo. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's a bit with Hulk Hogan and B.A. arguing over, over who's going to drive the limo. B.A. not knowing how limousines work, I guess. We realise quite quickly that the kid's not heading home, and Hulk Hogan comes out with a great line of, this is a terrible neighbourhood. 
just in case you didn't realise that you, you, know, you delivered it quite well there, John. I know. I think a I bit too well to be honest. Too much into that. <laughs> and yeah, so you had the sizzling chemistry between him and BA on screen as well when they're conversing. So that was good. And then the cut to the B story, which is basically Murdoch and Face trying to score with some identical twins. <laughs> Face was wearing the shiny suit I've ever seen. Yes. I'm going to refer back to a line that you said in our very first episode that has all always stuck with me, which was it was a Rhapsody in polyester. <laughs> which, funnily enough, was also Dirk Benedict in that first episode. Yeah, it was, I think wasn't it? Of all the straight actors who've been on our fabled podcast, I think he's um, been on it the most. Really? Says a lot about the quality of stuff we watch. <laughs> Says a lot about the quality of his acting career, to be honest. <laughs> Poor bloke. Murdoch also has a suit on, which is just crazy, if you can imagine such a thing. This is basically the story all the way through. He's trying to score with some identical twins, and every time they're about to go, oh, let's go and have a date, someone would call on Face's massive mobile phone. And they'd be like, oh, you've got to come and deliver the money to the goons or something like that. So and Hannibal was all, you should never have answered the phone. Crap soldier of fortune he is. You should always answer the phone, otherwise how will you get your soldier of fortune in business? This is where Hannibal calls Face on a big phone. He tells Face to investigate Harry Sullivan. They have to go and do that. So Harry's hiding out in a cinema and he is drunk. We find out that he'd basically sent the Jeffrey kid to make yeah. a drop of drop. money. Yes. Oh, you see that in the first scene with Jeffrey. Actually, he um, he puts the money in the back of a car because yeah. he knows he's getting tailed. Yeah. So he stashes ten grand, ten thousand pounds. Is what in say. dollars. Yeah. This is where B. A. Hannibal Hogan they turn up. Hogan <laughs> grabs the ball <laughs> and smashes it in like just the weirdest way ever. I don't know what he was trying to do or anything. He says he's real sick. And then smashes the bottle. And that, John, is how you cure alcoholism. Yes. Just grabbing a bottle, smashing it. And that's him on the wagon for life at that point. It's probably a bong again Christian as we speak. There's like two gangs of goons going on in this, isn't there? Because there's yes. the goons who are to do with, I don't know, Harry O's some low-life nightclub owner type goons stuff. And then it's Richie who is the guy who he's got a vendetta against Harry. So the face and Murdoch get accosted by the low-end gangsters in order to get 10 grand because they're looking for the 10 grand. And, it's all about the money. And so they end up getting hung upside down. Don't they convince them that they're like gangsters as well from Beverly Hills? Yes, just and, they make up a couple of names and then they managed to blag their way out of things and sort of convey to Hannibal that he is a gangster called Harry or something. I don't know. Speed. Speed. Speedball. Yeah. <laughs> so another set of goons who report to Richie are also after the kid and they're on the phone to Hannibal and they basically say, you've got until the end of the episode to bring us the money. So they've got 30 minutes to get £10,000 to some nightclub somewhere. Because that's how it works. And because Harry is sick, they <laughs> deliver him to the hospital. 
this was my favourite scene in the whole episode. <laughs> Doctor says, has this man got insurance? And BA takes off one of his gold chains and says, this ought to cover it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might have let out a little wee when I saw that. <laughs> That was the highlight. It was all downhill from there. So, twist upon twist, the car, the Plymouth, where Jeffrey has stashed the 10 grand, has been towed. Damn. So, they need to go to get the car. And Hulk and Hannibal go to, what's it called? The impound lot? Is that what you call it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, a place where all the cars are kept by the police. And there's a great line here where. They basically say that Hulk Hogan needs to go and entertain the policeman to act as a distraction. I noticed this bit as well. And he says, This is Hulk Hogan being old school. And he says, I'm not an entertainer, I'm a wrestler. He's like, old school with a K. And then he goes and lifts the end of a car up <laughs> a few times. And do you notice what he was saying when he was doing it? No, I did not. He was going, Hasha! Hasha! Oh, that was him straining with weights. I did notice that, yes. It was really I, weird. I would, it's Yeah, I think my mind just blotted it out because it, <laughs> it's wrong. I'm going to cut the audio and send it to you just so you can have it on loop all the time. I think what you should do is have it as the intro for this episode. <laughs> just on a, on a two-minute loop. Two-hour loop, yeah, yeah. And then, hello, welcome to another... <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, well, they get the cash. That works. Good plan. Have Hulk Hogan lift yep. weights. Yeah. So they yeah. deliver it to the nightclub goons. And Face and Murdoch trying to reorganise the date with the identical twins. And the goons find him again. But it's a different set of goons. And they take him to Richie, who was looking for Harry. They realise that this guy is a bit more of a next level up gangster. Oh, but you've got you've got the initial goons who who kidnapped the um, half of the A team, and um, they're big and burly, but they still get beaten up by Hulk Hogan, BA, and um, Hannibal. Well, I mean, Hulk After, Hogan is a trained wrestler, and he is a trained wrestler. The A team right. were a elite unit. They had a fight with Murdoch and Face earlier, and their punches were just bouncing off them, and their suits got torn. But that's not where their talents lie. Oh, it's true. Murdoch was a pilot. And Face is really good at changing his face. Is that where his name comes from? I think so. He's like a disguiser writer, isn't he? But, but all his disguises anything. look the same. Yeah, because he's got one face. That's... Oh, right, OK. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, well, you said that you. he changes his face. Well, no, he tries to. Oh, OK. Don't call me out on inconsistency. <laughs> We're going to be here a long fucking time. <laughs> this is where they go to the hospital with Richie and he walks in with flowers and he goes hi I'd like to see Harry Sullivan please and then he goes in and then guns go off everywhere you can go into a hospital and shoot lots of guns and it seems fine there's no problem well, it's, it's normal yeah it's like being in London and there's a lot of bullets I have to say after watching Last Action Hero this this just seems silly so <laughs> like, oh yeah of course there's going to be a million bullets in that pistol that last action hero is at least logical. We find out about Harry killing Richie's brother 25 years ago. And it was like, you killed a man? That's what Hulk Hogan said. Yes. And he says, ah, oh, they wanted me to throw a fight. Well, like Bruce Willis in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. But he goes, well, no true man would ever throw a fight, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, I've been living with that honour for 
25 years. And then he's like, oh, by the way, it was an accident. Like Bruce Willis in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. There's a great bit in the fighting where Hulk Hogan and BA throw one of the goons out of a window, causing damage to a hospital. And they do a weird, like, throw him out, and they kind of brush each other's hands off and do high fives, <laughs> and they do like some weird, like, oh, we're best friends, we've got a best friend's handshake. That was very sweet. I, yeah, I, I noticed that as well. Yeah, and didn't it make some, like, weird, like, nee, noise or something <laughs> as well? Just... <laughs> I'm afraid you're quite correct. Yes. So <laughs> that happened and it was real. And for some reason, they get what happens. Blah, 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 blah. They find out. Yeah. So they the take Richie prisoner and they go, oh, you can have the glory for this one to Hogan. And they end up finding out that there's going to be some delivery at the wharf. And so well, go it's there. always got to be a wharf. Yeah, yeah. We're around the boats and stuff so they can shoot things and yeah. people diving away from explosions, which happened. Didn't the nightclub goon turn up as well? Find yes, Harry they did. In the hospital, so that got a bit awkward. They threatened to throw Harry's son out the window so Harry would cooperate. He goes, oh, yeah, they're in this warehouse. And like, oh, okay, we'll go there. We'll listen to you. That's fine. And then they have the show down at the wharf with all the riches thugs. This bit was great. It was really silly, and it was just like a what you expect from the eighteen with lots of people with machine guns and Hulk Hogan with grenades. I I liked the special grenade music that they had. Yes, when he threw a grenade and the music whilst it was doing its in the background, and then as he threw a grenade, it was going and then it throw another grenade and it'll make a slightly different and that happened three times and that was amazing it was three times it was in slow motion and (laughs) i had the build-up of like do you really think you're going to throw a grenade that far and he was like i'm hulk hogan (laughs) and he did (laughs) and it was impressive and that was like wow he can throw grenades and blow people up he's a real american hero they didn't play Real American, did they? They played they uh, should have. Leg of the Tiger or whatever it was. <laughs> I um, have the peacock. <laughs> um, so it's done. The violence is all settled. Everything's fine. Yeah, these few people have taken out two different gangs, complete yeah. with um, a whole shipment of um, heavy armament. They're pretty good. Well, you know, they are elite soldiers. So then they have the resolution of the B story, which is basically face a Murdoch. Didn't they do this in WWE a few years ago with Dean Ambrose stealing an ambulance in order to return to Raw? <laughs> that was uh, last year, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but there was one. There was one bit that I really liked in that last scene with all the fighting. Yeah. And that was when um, Murdoch was going round and ripping people's suits because his kept getting destroyed. Yeah. I thought, yes, that's that's the sort of thing he would do. Well, he's howling mad. He is a bit peculiar. You're right. They stay in an ambulance and they go, oh, well, here, wear this neck brace and strap your arm up and we'll pretend that we've been injured and then we've got a story as to why we were late for the date. And then she sees him getting out the fucking ambulance, the driver's side, and doesn't bat an eyelid. (laughs) (laughs) And then they're like, oh, sorry, you're too late. We've got new generic 80s extras from stock market movies. (laughs) So they do that. They move quickly. Arm in arm, and they're left there going, 
ah, oh, we could have had our way with some twins. Darn it. Final scene is the Harry reconciling with his son, and he's not going to be an alcoholic anymore. Nope, he's going to go to a Baptist church, probably. Get a job. On the docks, I think, an honest man's job. He can't be a fighter anymore, even though he hasn't no. been for 25 years. And he's not going to be an alcoholic either. Wasn't because... there like loads, of, loads of boxing metaphors as well? It's like, uh, I've been pounded oh. for too long. And... Yeah. And even even that or gay sex ones. <laughs> there was one where um, he said, even if you're getting pounded for a whole fight, you can still win in the end if you get up. And then Hulk Hogan said, amen, brother. He was touching. So he was touching himself, you're right. <laughs> Not on that one. Right, John, shall we get the chart? Not yet. I do have one more thing I want to say about this, which is why this episode disappointed me. And it wasn't just because of the countless ways that we've just talked about. They didn't convert the van. There was no van conversion. Where was the van? It did appear at some point. Yeah, but it wasn't converted. It was crap. Shit, Colin. I wanted a converted van and all they had was a bloody limo and van. Hulk Hogan in his bloody wrestling vest that was ripped at the back. And his weightlifting belt. So does that put it higher up on the chart for you? You know, Hulk Hogan was 32 when this was made. Just want to mention that again. How old is he now? 65. 65. Yeah. Christ. And he still looks the same. Problem is, he reached his 65th birthday by the time he got to um, to be 25 or something. Is that what it is? It's got a bit of a Benjamin Button style syndrome going on, except instead of aging backwards, he just aged really Stops quickly. Stops aging. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. It's kind of it's, it's not a fun concept, really. Yeah. Not as fun as Benjamin Button, but. So, yeah, still chart. I, I give it a solid three to four. It was shit, but I was entertained by it. I don't feel it was forced and I don't feel it was diary, but there was a lot of trash in this. You know what? It's difficult because while it was entertained, while it was fun, it's got to be the one that's like some of it's solid, some of it's not. It's not. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll go for a four then. Okay. Because I, I don't think it was too mushy. The reason is, is because of the kids acting, because of Hulk Hogan's acting, BA's acting. Oh, but it had the BA had the scene with the gold chain that negates everything. <laughs> yes, it does. Okay, <laughs> so he's okay. So we've got two, but it's when that kid and BA were on the screen together, and reminded me of the scenes from Dark Place. You know, you yes. know the Garth Marenghi thing. Just how disconnected all the actors are. No, I um, I got a lot of dark place from this episode. Um, I will admit that that wasn't new to me when you said that. Then um, I, I did get a lot of dark place. Yeah, that was probably just because it was in a 1980s <clears throat> American hospital. So, <laughs> but it was all the stiff acting. Yeah, <laughs> and Hulk Hogan being the same heroic person as um, Garth Marenghi, Doctor Rick Douglas, MD. <laughs> It would have been better if it was, to be honest. <laughs> I think I might have to go watch Dark Place yeah, now. That I'm was... thinking that. <laughs> oh, they should make more of that. They made a spin-off. It was Man to Man with whatever it's called, Richard Iodi's off-screen character. Okay. I didn't know yeah. that. Is it any good? It's all right. It's just pretend interviews, not as good as Alan Partridge. But it's fine. It's just not as good as Dark Place. A few things are. 
If you want to support us on Patreon and you're not already, visit patreon.com slash act. And if you want to help the show, please retweet us on Twitter. It's at WWA Podcast and suggest things for us to watch. We're getting followed on Twitter by Vince Russo. Oh, that's because he knows. That reminds me. We need to bury him. <laughs> we do. We've not done our Vince Russo burial. So let's think how we can bury Vince Russo. I bet if Vince Russo wrote an episode of the A-Team, they'd put uh, an A-Team van on a pole. <laughs> that's, that's all right, isn't it? That'll get us on castration. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>